For have I not spoke to you that I am a present help in the time of trouble? I am here now in great strength, and I will deliver, says the Lord, but you must look to me and trust me completely. It is in the abandonment of your faith and confidence and courage in me that I will be able to move the mountain in your way. You must trust me today. Call upon me, know that I hear you. Call upon me and know that I will deliver you. Call upon me and know that I am here now, says the Lord. Hallelujah. He has no rival. Death cannot hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. And I like that old song we sung a few weeks ago. If he walked out of that grave, so am I. Amen. Praise God. I don't know how you can just, I don't know how you can stand it. I don't know how you can stand it. I hope you feel a little bit of what I feel a whole lot of. I feel the Holy Ghost is in this house this morning. Oh! Anything can happen right now. Anything can take place right now. Yes, God. Able to. Praise God, praise God. How many of you know that the Lord wants to make you dangerous? For the last couple of weeks, I didn't know where it was going to go or why it was going to go, but the Lord dropped down in my heart, dangerous. And I was like, Lord, what? Is that a warning? Is there something I need to know? Is there something coming down the pike, Lord? Just dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Then as I began to study that out and pray that out and think it through, The Lord said, I want you to be dangerous. Dangerous Christianity equals true Christianity. You need to write that down somewhere in your Bible. True Christianity equals dangerous Christianity. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and said, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes according to your faith, he said, Let it be to you. And their eyes were open. Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. 
sometimes you just can't help yourself. You got to tell what the Lord has done for you. But it wasn't his time yet. That's why he was waiting. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled, saying, it was never seen like this in Israel. Of course, the Pharisees said, he casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. I love the fact that the word of God just kind of ignores that statement, doesn't even address it. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest, listen, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his fields, into his harvest. Lord, we ask your blessings on your word today. Move me out of the way. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit speak and challenge our people we desire to please you in Jesus name amen you can be seated I would have had no idea as I was preparing this message I would have had no idea when I entitled it dangerous Christianity there was no word or there was no idea of any kind of shooting or any kind of tragedy in the country It was already written down, and then the last 24 hours has just been a whirlwind of, oh my goodness, Lord, wow, you always know what you're doing, as he leads and he guides and he directs. The message for today, 29 dead is what I wrote down, plus one shooter, 30 people in 24 hours murdered, going shopping at Walmart or going into an establishment in Dayton at night. It was a bar. These people, strangers to the shooter, didn't know him. But as I was saying, Lord, I wrote down 29 dead plus one shooter. The Lord corrected me. And he said, Pastor, there were 30. That one young man was a lost sheep too. And he let me know he loved him as much as anyone else. You see, he loves so unconditionally that you and I can't even begin to understand it. So I scratched out the 29 and I put 30 because Jesus died for him too. But you see the mass of people, you see the brokenness from El Paso to Dayton, and we all have our ideas, our thoughts, our opinions, our prejudices, we all have our problems, we have our politics. I'm so glad the Lord doesn't ride on a political ticket. He sees 
the broken, the bruised, the beaten down, those that are with no hope. And he calls them scattered sheep. What the Lord's begin to speak to me is that we, as we've gone through this season of, of honor and we've prayed for and we're now ready as Pastor James did so eloquently last Sunday and I want to commend him and thank him. I was literally, yeah, didn't he do a great job? I tell you what, I love our team. We are a great team. And I was in Florida. Yeah, I know. The people just got to go there. I don't know. I was there for a few days and I was watching the service online and he got to that point where he's like telling the title of the message and he's just like, you know, am I, hey, am I talking to you? And he said, just do it. And I was just like, yes. I'm like, say an amen right there in the middle of, of the balcony. And I was just like, that's so awesome. And I was like, amen, yes, preach it. I was writing stuff down. I'm so excited. Did a great job bringing that into focus and helping us to understand the whys and the hows of how we move together creating this culture, this prayer for a culture of honor. Honor is the ingredient, the missing ingredient, of course, as we've discussed over and over again, that literally defines, defines the purpose and reason that we do all we do, starting with God, honoring God, honoring one another, honoring our families, our mothers, our fathers, honoring authorities, honoring, there's so many that we need to honor. But as we've discussed that and looked at that over these last few weeks, the Lord began to show me in my own personal life how it's changing my life. It's, it's making me a more honorable person. It's causing me to appreciate honor and to seek honor out and to put myself in uncomfortable situations in order to honor. I, every time I put my seatbelt on, I say, honor it's changed everything in my life. But the Lord let me know something, Jackie. says it's, it's helped me to become dangerous. Dangerous. As I began to really look at it, I thought, wow, you know, it, it's making a big difference. I'm, I'm, I'm bolder. I have more opportunities. I, I keep zeroing, zeroing in on people that I can honor, and it's changing my life. I'm opening doors. I mean, I thought I was a gentleman before. I mean, I would have done that, but now I'm like seeking. Who can I open the door for? Who can I help get through? Who can I hold the elevator for? Who can I speak to and be kind to them? I'm talking to perfect strangers. I, mean, I used to look for opportunities. If somebody looks at me, then I open up, hi, how you doing? But no, now I'm like walking in going, Ah, did you glance at me? <laughs> Have a good day. That, I don't know where that came from, but we'll, we'll leave it right there. I'm sensing that more opportunities, more doors are wide open for opportunities to honor, to be able to be used, much like a first responder. Malachi chapter 4, now we've been in Malachi chapter 4, we've been in chapter 1, 2, and 3, and 4, all of these last several weeks. Malachi's the prophet that said, when he was speaking for the Lord, where is the honor due me? And that's what started this whole thing, this whole series that we've been in 
for several weeks. But Malachi in chapter 4, coming towards the conclusion of his word to the church, he says these powerful words concerning honor as he's talked about honor all the way through his, his dissertation. He says, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. I read that and I was just like, that is what happens when you become that honorable Christian. That's what happens when you give honor to God and you surrender and dedicate your life in every aspect. It no longer is about you. It's no longer about what you want, what your agenda is about. Your, your lordship has been given to him. Your surrender has been given to him. When you have literally become empty and selfless and you are now even giving your honor away. Come on, let's be serious. We all desperately kind of want in our lives for ourselves. But when you finally get down to the place where you have given yourself honorably to your Christianity, you don't play the game, you're not in the form, you don't care about rituals and even traditions. Traditions of God, sacred. Traditions of man, trash them. When you finally get to that place, then you become dangerous. Dangerous to the enemy. Dangerous to his work. He thinks he's got the church fooled. He's whispered in our ears, don't be crazy. Don't be a nutcase. Don't be a holy roller. Don't be one of them tongue talkers. Don't be one of those crazy nutcases. Just be like the the good ones that go to church on Sunday and then go and live their lives. Man, go out there and enjoy yourself. He whispers constantly in the ears of God's people, settle down, simmer. What are you doing, you crazy, you nutcase? Wow, look at that pastor walking around laying hands on people. What's his problem? Man, he's got an emotional crisis. He needs counseling. Don't you hear what the devil says? But see, I know that we're, as the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding in those few moments, he was leading me straight to people, and I was sensing and feeling a powerful supernatural touch from heaven they were ready to receive. It was the season of harvest for them to receive from God. He says, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise, with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. You shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord. When you honestly get to that spot and place right there, hell wakes up to you. And hell does not care about your religious traditions. When we get in this place where we let God have his way, it is amazing what the promise of the word 
gives to you and I. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Verse 15, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Wow, dangerous Christianity. Dangerous, thank you, sir. I have not preached a message until Brother Worley has given me an amen. <laughs> that is the promise from the Lord concerning this culture of honor and submission and lordship that we give to him. This is going to make you and I dangerous to the enemy. And when I got that call this morning and, and from the chaplain, John Corcoran, and, and he was asking me, asking our church, I thought, wow, how cool that he's literally allowing us. Because you see, I, I woke up and I got a text message from El Paso, as I mentioned, and someone was telling me, man, I'm sorry for, for what's going on in Dayton. And I was like, what's going on in Dayton? And I went and checked the news, and I got the word, and I am just disturbed. I'm seeing the ambulances. I'm seeing the, the fire trucks, all the police cars, all the tape. Line. I'm seeing all this, and I'm like, man, what's going on? What's happened? I felt like I wasn't part of it until I got that text at first. Pastor Ray, Pastor John, need to speak with you he got on the phone I got on the phone with him and he started sharing and talking about that he was over the critical care chaplains that was called in to go down into the Oregon district and to be there with the families at the convention center and to be able to minister to them him and eight other chaplains were going right down into the front line but he said something amazing he said will your church go with us Will you pray? I need you to pray. I'm calling on you to pray for us and to pray that we'll be anointed to be able to speak life and strength and hope back into these people. And I said, Brother John, I promise you, I am going to intercede and pray right now. And our church and both services is going to join you in that prayer. And we did that earlier. And I believe we are part of making a difference. We're being dangerous for the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness what I believe. True Christianity is dangerous Christianity. In light of the last 24 hours, now we have been invited to be on the front line. We are in the convention center right now through the prayers that we have prayed and the anointing over those chaplains as they're working. It's right for us to consider that God wants to use us in a mighty way. He wants to use you more than just being a Christian conservative in 2019. He wants you to be anointed to walk through the fire, to go through the storms, to go through the troubles and the trials of a world lost to wickedness and make a dangerous difference for the kingdom of God. He wants you to be healed of cancer. It's not just some special little opportunity he's giving you because you turned his wrist long enough and you begged him hard enough. God wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants his people to be empowered to do dangerous things for the kingdom of God. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, Paul writing to Timothy, his son in the, in, the, in the Lord, said, Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power 
and love and a sound mind. You and I are to walk in the power of love, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and in a sound mind full of the wisdom of God. You're supposed to be one step ahead of the enemy. You're supposed to not be running around trying to react all the time to what the devil did. I see it so many times. They come in the altar and they're like, oh, just pray for me, Pastor. The devil's just been on my back all week long. <laughs> I'm just like, well, glory to the devil. Give him praise. Go on and receive, since that's what you're claiming. What I want to say is what Jesus said to him. Get thee behind me, Satan. You speak words against the will and the perfect, perfect plan of God. You don't speak life to me. Don't let anybody speak death to you. Don't let the enemy stay on your back. Get him off your back. You are a child of God. Join heirs with Jesus Christ. You have the right to command the enemy to get behind you and to move over to yonder place. You have that right. Love, power, and a sound mind. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes we got to look at that correctly. We're not walking. We, we say, yeah, we're walking by faith. We're walking not just not able to really understand what God is doing. No, you walk in love, power, and a sound mind. You walk in the, doesn't the word say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your path. He will lead you, guide you, direct you. You walk by faith means you need to just trust that wherever you're going, he is already there ahead of you and he's already working it out so where you've got a plan to be used dangerously for the kingdom of God. I want to be used. I want to be used. I want to be called dangerous to the enemy. I want the enemy to know who I am. Somebody says, oh, don't say that, Pastor. You'll get the devil on your back. Oh, don't say that out loud. Don't claim it. I'm telling you, I'm getting to the place where I understand, Cameron, we need to be bold in the spirit. Too many kids are dying. Too many people are locked up. Too many people have got all kinds of chains we were singing about earlier. And it's time for us to stop just singing the song, but get the job done. Hold right back high. It's time to see the delivering hand of God at work with the people. It's time for us to do something a little unnatural. It's time for us to do things a little dangerously. I know I don't, I don't make you comfortable when I walk around laying hands. I love the way some people are. I'll walk up an aisle, and I've got that look, and I'm going to pray for somebody. You know, man, you ought to see it, Terry. They'll go like this. <laughs> oh, Lord, don't come to me, Pastor. Oh, whatever you do. Scared to death to even catch my eye. Don't be afraid. If you don't want it, the Lord ain't going to direct you. Ain't going to direct me to you. So don't worry about it. Most everybody I go to, if I do that, man, they're sitting there going, bring it on, Lord, bring it on. <laughs> so don't worry. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you out in the aisle. I'm not going to lay you out. I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in the world. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, therefore we do not lose hearts. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't trust the things we see. 
We trust by faith what God is already doing ahead of us. We have to flesh this out in our lives. We have to walk by faith and know that the journey he's called us to, it's him already ahead of us, making it happen. He's the God. You know, a lot of people want to be stuck back in 1962. That was the year I was born. They want to be stuck. They want to be stuck back. I just told my age. I can't believe that. Ah. All right. Yes, John F. Kennedy was president and Marilyn Monroe died. That's my big name to claim, claim to fame. There we go. God is a God of right now. Yes, he was the God of the old days. Yes, he, I, I love the old, I love July 2nd, 1981, because that was the day I got saved. I love that day. I cherish that day. I hold on to that day. I love the heritage of our 104-year-old church. I love it. I love going back and looking at it. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a heritage guy. I love it. But I am not serving a God of 1971. I'm serving a God of 2019. I'm serving the God that can move now, can part the sea now. I can walk on water now because I serve a God who is alive and on the throne right now. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's calling us to make a dangerous difference. He, he says, you mean, you're going to be like salt. You're going to be like light. Salt, man, put salt on something. It changes everything. You walk into a room, you're supposed to be salt. Everywhere you go, he wants you to be dangerous. You put too much salt in something and woo. Salt changes the chemistry, changes the condition, changes the, the meal completely. He says, be salt. Put salt out on ice and man, it's gone. It melts it like nothing. Salt is powerful. He says, I want you to be like salt. I want you to be like light, Jen. When you walk into a room, so good to see you back in church after your surgery. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for that, for being here today. I heard you were here last week, and I missed that opportunity. He says, I want you to be light. The tiniest light put in a dark room. Light's gone. Or the darkness is gone. It destroys it completely. One little light. He says, I want you to be light. So when you walk into a room, when you walk into a room, darkness disappears. We have to have this knowledge. We are dangerous when we are filled with the Spirit of God. Living in obedience and honoring God with our life. Honoring our authorities. Honoring our families. Honoring one another. When we set all those things in motion, it is unstoppable. Unlimited what God can do through you. We'll see more miracles, more supernatural when we will come to this place of understanding who we are in him who we are. The culture has changed us. It's changed the condition. It's changed the room. It changes everything. But you have to see it. The devil's fighting this world in new and evil ways. You see, it's correct and right, and we always are about the upgrade, obviously. The upgrade. If we just stayed with transparencies up here, Half y'all would have left. The other half would have been like, what's that? 
If we'd stayed with the old slide projector, you know, how effective and relevant would we be to our culture? And I'm not talking about spiritual matters. I'm just talking about the way we do the methods of our ministry. If we stay stuck in 19-whatever, then we can't be effective for the kingdom. God is always on the upgrade. God is not afraid of the, of the enemy is upgrading all the time. His technology and his methods of how he destroys, kills, and steals is always changing and always the latest, greatest. He doesn't care about your traditions. He will go out there and, man, he just changes everything. Right about the time I think I've got him all figured out, he changes the restroom signs. He changes marriage. Makes it all about something else. Just when I think he can't come up with something new, there are mass shooters. It used to be that a mass shooter might happen once every couple years in a school or a setting, and it was horrible and heartbreaking, and we couldn't believe it happened. Now we're seeing it where it's happening. It got to where it was happening every few weeks, and now it's happening in 24 hours in two different cities. There is no end to what he'll do to upgrade his attack on God's people and on the people that God created. Strangers, as I mentioned earlier, who'll kill you for no reason. Fentanyl and alcohol and all these things. That, 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 let, let me just get this straight and get this out so that you understand it. These things are killers. These things promise you joy in a bottle. They promise you peace in a pill. But I'm telling you, those things are just nothing but chains around your neck. They're going to completely hurt you, kill you, destroy you. You need to understand it. Stay away from it. Don't play with it. Don't let it be something that you coddle and you pamper in your life or your loved ones. That felt good. That felt good, Brother James. Sex trafficking becomes epidemic as five-year-olds are sold on the streets of America. Police officers, we live in a day when police officers are being killed every night and disgraced publicly everywhere they go. The devil is constantly upgrading his attacks. When you think he can't come up with anything else, he comes up with something new that just blows your mind. Here's my prayer over this house. Lord, do things we're not used to. Do things that will absolutely make us dangerous. If he can ever get that through to us today, we will be a dangerous Christian. How many of you know God is not the God of the status quo? God doesn't do anything that way. He's not into status quo. He's not into just barely getting by. Jesus specialized in making people feel uncomfortable because for him, it was all about the heart. It's always been about the heart. It's not about things. It's about the heart. You remember, he looked at the rich young ruler, and my goodness, I've got to stop. All right, I'll get ready. <laughs> he looked at the rich young ruler. I'll try to land the plane in a way that'll make you happy. <laughs> Amen. He looked at the rich young ruler. And the ruler, he knew his intentions, but he looked at him and he said, oh, what must I do to inherit to eternal life? You know, right there, if you read that close enough, somebody looks at that and says, oh, he was a good guy. He really wanted the right things. No, he didn't. He said, what must I do, good teacher, to inherit eternal life? 
He didn't want Jesus. He didn't want salvation. He wanted change of heart. He wanted the prize. How do I get more money? How do I have, I, the one thing I don't have is eternal life. The one thing I don't have is the ability to live forever. Good teacher, what must I do? Well, you must follow the commandments. You've heard it said, uh, you know, love God. Don't commit adultery. Don't commit murder. Honor your father and your mother. Well, these things I have done all of my life. What else must I do? And Jesus looked at his sarcastic, egocentric, going to say idiot, but I better not say that. And he said, how about you sell all you have and give it to the poor? What? What? It says he walked away sad because he had many possessions. Jesus is always putting us in uncomfortable situations in order to reveal our heart. Because you see, he said, Matthew chapter 10, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross up and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He's all about making sure we understand it's not about the things. It's not about all of those material things. It's not about life, this life. It's about the life to come. He wants us to understand you have to, in order to truly find life, you got to let this life go. And when you do, you find life eternal. You find the gift, the prize. God's not the God of the status quo. He doesn't just leave you like you are. He transforms you, changes you. You know, everyone talks about, well, I don't like change, brother. Brother, pastor, you changed too many things. What are you doing on this here stage? I can't believe you've got that carpet all tore up. Now what are we going to do? You're the changingest thing I've ever seen. God is all about change, you know. Change. All you ever hear in change is you hear transformation. You hear all kinds of regeneration, justification, made righteous, new and living way, reconciliation, changed and renewed in him. Transformation. All these things are God's, that's his MO. It's his identity. Change. He's all about changing us, but yet we sit back and we're like, oh, I don't like change. Well, then you probably going to stay stuck the rest of your life. I like change, obviously. Everyone wants progress, but no one wants change. You know what the, you've heard it, the definition of insanity is, right? Keep doing the same thing you've always done and expect a different result. And the professionals say that's insane. And I agree. Change. When... God wanted to change the world. He told Noah to do something ridiculous and stupid. He said, build an ark. To prepare for something he'd never seen before. Go back and read it. Noah had never seen rain, so he didn't even know what he was preparing for. He just built an ark according to the instructions of God, and then the rain came. 
when he wanted to create a great nation, he chose Abram, a successful middle-aged businessman, told him to pack up his stuff and leave his hometown. Uh-oh, you're going to be happy now. Stand with me, please. When God wanted to deliver his people, he found a man slow of speech named Moses and sent him to talk to Pharaoh. When the Lord needed to hide the spies in Jericho, he called a prostitute named Rahab. And when he needed to defeat a giant that had Israel's army shaking in their boots, he called a shepherd boy and anointed some rocks. He's not the God of the status quo. He's a God of the most unlikely. If you've ever felt like you didn't know what God could do through you. If you ever felt inadequate, unqualified, telling you you're in the right place. He wants to, he wants to empower you for his service. He wants to touch your life and make you dangerous to the enemy. To where you can walk into a room and dispel darkness. You can walk into a conversation and change the condition just like that. And have the power of God at work in your life to the measure that you give him complete control. That's the stipulation. It's all about giving to him. The father's done it. He did it. He sent his own son into the world. And they received, the Bible says, and they received him not. But he sent him anyway. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said, now he didn't come to condemn the world but through the world, that the world through him might be saved. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth for God is that God who demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm telling you, he is not a God of the status quo. He's a God who changes it all. He's brought you to life who were dead in trespasses and sins. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Made us a new creation. Behold, all things are made new. All old things are passed away. He's reconciled us to God. He's a God who makes us dangerous. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I was curious when I was in Florida. There were hotels on the beach where I was. All the beaches, all the hotels there, by 7 o'clock I was out. and By 8 o'clock they were packed. They, people had umbrellas, they had coolers and their chairs and all the hotels were packed all the way up to the beach but I noticed that there was one hotel right in the middle there was nobody out there and I thought well that, that hotel must be closed I got curious and I went over to, to look closer and I saw that the parking lot was full of cars but there was nobody on the beach and I just it struck me as odd so I decided to go a little further. I went around the side to see what was the name of that hotel. It must be bad service, something. When I got around the side, I saw that it was a residential condominium. 
It was homes for people. See, when they bought it, they were thrilled. Hey, man, we're going to live on the ocean. We're going to buy us a house with a terrace. And we're going to be able to go out on the beach. All those beautiful, good days. It's going to be awesome. We're going to buy this thing. Man, we're going to break the bank, put our retirement in. We're going to live right on the beach. We're going to enjoy paradise. But here they were on a beautiful morning. Not a cloud in the sky. Very nice temperature. It was 72 degrees. It was so warm. And all the hotels were packed out on the beach. Everybody was out there with their coolers. And they're having a good time getting started for the day. And not one chair. And you might think, Pastor, that is the strangest illustration anyone could ever give us. Except that, let me tell you why I feel, feel like the Lord pointed that out to me. Some people right under their nose is paradise. And they don't see it. They don't appreciate it. They take it for granted. They don't even know what they got. All the people in the hotel just paid, paid for a couple of nights. They're out there at the crack of dawn. I'm going to get me some ocean. But the people that have it right in their hands... Not one in that building that was like 10 floors high. Not one person out on that beach enjoying that beautiful paradise. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that's like a lot of my church. They don't understand what they have in front of them. And they take it for granted. And they're not out. They're not out using it, appreciating it. But every head bowed, I'm sorry, I... Had you do that earlier. God, speak to us today. You want us to understand and know what we have in you. Lord, what's been given to us through Christ and through your gospel, the precious Holy Spirit, the empowerment of your Holy Ghost at work in our lives, touched by your grace and lead us into wisdom and understanding. Help us, Lord, in our attempts to know what we got, to experience it, Lord, and fullness to become dangerous so that Lord we can affect change wherever we go and I pray this in the name of Jesus Lord rain down on top of this congregation powerful insight and wisdom and anointing of the Holy Ghost to go and make a difference all over this town may this community God come awake this afternoon may our families become awake God because of the touch upon our lives may the enemy run in fear because of the dangerous Christians that are unleashed from this house in the name of Jesus Christ we ask it and we pray and we honor you for it God as pastor I pray over this house do in us what you've never done before use us make us dangerous in Jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before we leave, I think we need to give honor to whom it's due. Thank the Lord for a pastor who has the courage to obey the Lord and preach what God's laid on his heart for us. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Remember, there will be no service tonight. And if you're a first-time guest or you've been coming and haven't gotten any material to get a better acquainted with us, please go right down the hallway to uh, 
our bookstore and uh, there'll be somebody there to share some something special from us I am going to be on the highway so you might want to pray as you travel you're dismissed <laughs>